Welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney, and I got to break the news that our dear Dante Bosco is still working on location, and he could not be here today, but have no fear, he will be back, my friends. Also, I 100% know, and I take no pleasure in this, I know he is super bummed to be missing this conversation for a couple of reasons. Both of them have to do with the same person. Number one, he loves this person. Number two, this is also a sometimes Zuko lady friend that we're going to be talking to. So he is super bummed to miss it. I mean, I can try to talk like Dante a little bit. It's never good uh, if I try to... No, I should let it... Okay, I'm going to let that go. So (laughs) I have her all to myself. Please welcome fan favorite character, sometimes Zuko lady friend, voice behind May Cricket Lee! Yay! Thank you for having me. And Hello. I thought your Dante impression was spot on. Fire Nation. It's rough. Fire Nation forever. You're always safe. You're it's always rough, safe buddy. if you say Fire Nation. <laughs> <laughs> You're also totally safe if you say that that's rough, buddy. <laughs> uh, this is very exciting for me because while I am very familiar with you and I got to see the wonderful Avatar panel that Dante and company pulled together during the pandemic, you and I have never had a face-to-face computer to computer conversation no. it feels long overdue i'm so happy. it's not fair at all in fact i i think it's it's illegal <laughs> i think this is amazing <laughs> who can we blame who do we want to blame yes but i'm so excited <laughs> i know to get to see you even like this it's really awesome and of course i'm a huge fan of yours so this is uh mutually beneficial Ah, uh, geez. Well, we've been looking forward to book two basically since the beginning of book one, because yeah. like the fans who tweet at us, they're like, when are cricket? When's a living? When's great? We're like, oh. you, but they it's the second book. So, we, you know, yeah. it's kind of chronological. And right. so we've just been like counting down like, OK, yes, we can satisfy ourselves, satisfy the fans. We are bringing in four <gasps> incredibly badass characters, all of them women in book two. Right. I mean, we bring in Toph. Mm-hmm. We bring in May, we bring in Ty Lee, we bring in Azula. It is a very, very cool book. Yeah, for you're right. Ladies. I've never really thought of it like that, but you're right. It's sort of femme centric in certain ways. So I, I like that. And many people's favorite characters live in that space. I mean, yeah. th- it was just such a great show for female uh, characters, of course, for male characters as well. But it was definitely, you know, pushing the boundaries and surprising people with the kinds of characters that were created in the show that was meant for kids. But we all know right. Mike and Brian knew everyone would right. watch it. They knew everyone right. of all ages were going to watch it. So they made it ready for such a thing. Yeah. And your character is one of the more sort of I don't want to say adult because she's such a teenager. Yeah, but she is. she is such a teenager in such a way that is recognizable to you know when you're a little kid. I don't know if you have that. Like it takes a little while to develop that mm. much attitude. Maybe yeah, like she's and so surly. maybe some of you were like, no, dude, my sister was like that when she was five. But exactly. yeah, she's so surly, uh-huh. and you know people love May, and you are so not surly. 
<laughs> and know, you are so luminous <laughs> and vibrant and friendly and sweet and wonderful and caring. And by the way, I know you studied psychology. You are a licensed therapist. There is a lot going on yeah. that doesn't necessarily jive with what may, at least on the right. outside, wants people to <laughs> see. Right. Right. But I was that surly, salty girl. Uh-huh. I was a kid of opinions. I was a rough talker. People thought I was a boy when they call my house and it made me so mad and I was like oh just I was just that that kind of a kid um definitely did think that when she says you know I don't like that gift she doesn't like what other girls like that was me totally (gasps) um so there are a lot that I connected to but in my real life I'm much higher pitched and a little more fun a lot warmer. Yeah. Now, how much did you know about May when, do you remember, when yeah. you auditioned for her? How much information did you kind of get at that first blush of seeing who this character was supposed to be? I remember that they wanted her to sound and I, I wish I had that original breakdown, right? Like, I should have saved that. But You don't I think save it, every scrap of every audition? Uh, no, I do I not. You know why? Because I always looked at it like it's a job, right? And I go to work and I'm good down the next day. And I always thought I if I that. saved stuff yes. and no, intentionally right. was all about it, then I'm not going to get the next thing. And I'm just stuck in the past. I'm so I purposely... Same. Really? I'm okay, so I just was like, let's move on. Yeah, um, I'm such a paperwork purger. Yeah, 100%. Ugh. Doesn't it feel good? Oh, that feels so good. So I remember them saying, you know, she's kind of goth, kind of Janine Garofalo. And I was like, oh, right, Janine Garofalo. Like, I was like, that's helpful to voice match. Now, I don't sound anything like that. So I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to book this. Like, this is hilarious. There's people who sound just like this. But I just I just did the lines and, you know, whatever it was. I don't remember what it was at the time. But they just said lower less energy and i was like okay if i literally just do this it's cool i can do it you know and it's gothy whatever that means that's a term right that's yeah that's mainstream now all of us are goth and what does that even mean but at the time it was somebody who was not your typical teen and i loved that i love that you identified with that and that you were able to sort of plumb the depths of your teenage self. Did you, you grew up in, did you grow up in Michigan or did you grow up in Chicago? I grew up in Michigan and Chicago. Yep. So I, I was in Michigan until 15, 16. And then I went to arts high school in Chicago. Oh, nice. And I was a modern dancer and a singer and an actor. And I thought, what do I want to do with my life? Well, it's not mathematics. That was for sure. I I was failing in almost everything (laughs) else. You knew that right away. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I was like, "Mm, okay, I'm probably going to be a performer. Um, but I, I always hated my voice. You know, I was very insecure. People would say stuff about it or say, God, you know, I can't hear you. Are you are you sick? You know, I got all that all the time. And, mm. I, you know, I brushed it off. Of course, I was a te- early teen. Um, but when I would sing, it got clear. And I was like, how does that? Interesting. Okay, that's weird. So when I sing, it sounds like a clear sound. But when I talk, it's not. Um, so I learned, you know, how to breathe correctly, how to warm up, how to do all the stuff as an actress that, you know, you need to do to be able to do a play for two hours. Um, but I always, I always thought, why was I given this crazy, choppy, raspy voice? 
Oh, it's so <laughs> good. I mean, I'm sure you have heard this before, but it is so good for all of us to hear, especially because I'm, you know, you do cons as well sometimes, and and I'm mm-hmm. I hope we get to do one together at some point in the future. <gasps> yes. You know, people say like, "Oh, I'd love to be a voice actor, but I hate the sound of my voice." And here you are willingly saying like, "Hey, you know what? That doesn't even have to stop you because a, you're no. probably wrong about yourself, or so yeah, critical of ourselves, are. and yeah. b." Just because you are uncomfortable with it, it may be like someone else's dream come true voice for a character. So I love you sharing that because it's so inspiring, you know? Thank you. Yeah, I always was just a weird kid, whatever that means, right? Um, I was not mainstream in any way. I had a weird name. I sounded weird. I was four foot ten. Like, I was just like a definite like circus kind of kid. Like you know, vaudeville-ish. I was just kind of tried everything and played instruments and took Hawaiian lessons. And I was just like, what's out there? What's in the world? You know, Uh, I never wanted to stay in a small town. You know, I wanted to go to the biggest cities I could get to. It sounds like to know that, you know, when you're in high school, that is such a a, a vulnerable age in some ways. And to be around 15, 16, where some kids are oh, I, I, I got to hold on to these memories because I'm going to graduate in a couple of years. Yeah. This, this could be the best years of my life. Like, what, you know, what if we all split up and go off to college? Like, you know, this means everything to me. My high school friends are everything. And some people get right. plucked up and move when they're 16 and they're like, I'm still not over it, you know? Yeah. And so... Yeah, they're like Dawson's Creek. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> so I'm curious, I mean, how did that opportunity present itself at that age where mm-hmm. you were like, this is a time when a lot of people want to stay glued to write where they are and be with their friends and stuff. And you were like, now is a time where I need to be somewhere else. Or or was it that simple? Did it the timing come from a different yeah, thing? Yeah, mom and I were living in Michigan. I had a single parent. So that, uh, my dad was there, but not really part of our life at that time. And so she really just raised my sister and I. My sister moved out. It was mom and I. And I just was like, you know, what can I do here? I'd done every theater in a you know, 60 mile radius. I'd done Annie twice and all these musicals twice. I was like, well, there's this can't be it. Like there has to be more. And, but, but because I wasn't yeah. a leading lady, right. I was not going to play the leading lady. And I knew I was a character actress, but I'm like, how can I be 16 and be character actress? Who does that? Um, right. well, they do it now, but at the time that was just not done. So, uh, my mom got the Chicago Tribune and I would read it sometimes. And there was an article about the Chicago Academy for the Arts. And I circled it and cut it out. And I made a presentation and I prepared it for her. And I said, yeah, I did. (gasps) And I called the school and they gave me the information. And I said, hi, okay, mom, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I know I'm supposed to be there. And you don't have to come there's a hotel I can live in. Like I had a whole plan, which oh was not cheap, by the way. We had no money. I was like crazy. And yeah. she said, okay. And so we went together and she found an apartment and we moved and we changed our lives, you know? Oh my gosh. So that's how, how I mean, who, love that? what a wild yeah. idea, right? And then I was, um, I started working at the Goodman Theater and, and getting my equity card and Never thought about voiceovers because, again, I was hiding that. I was really insecure about it. Um, I just didn't understand that it was part of who I am. It took me a while to get to that point, right, and to realize it's like when you're really tall. People say, I sure don't know, but they'll be like, I hated it. And then one day I was like, this is beautiful. This is me, and I'm tall. And, you know, it was the same with my voice. 
So when you got to the high school in Chicago, did you sort of feel like I mean, it's still scary, right? Even it's it's exciting. Oh, and yeah. when you're and when you're young, fear is everything, and excitement is everything. Everything is it's like occupies more space than you thought your body could hold. <laughs> Stuff like that, emotions <laughs> like that. Did you feel like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Or did you feel like, oh my gosh, I found my people? Or did you feel both at once? Like I felt my people. How did that I feel? was like, what sky's the limit? I wanted New York. Oh. You know, I had dreams. I never wanted to do movies. That was never my thing. But I always wanted to be on the stage. So I knew I was around Goodman and Steppenwolf and I was taking from the best teachers and I was working professionally. And I'm just admitting I was the worst student, (laughs) probably undiagnosed ADHD because nobody talked about it back then and nobody thought girls had it. And I just Mm -hmm. escaped with humor and charm and bad grades. And (laughs) I was not great, but I tried. And so, you know, it was great. Yeah, it was scary. We lived in the north side. It was not a pretty side of town, but mom and I lived there together and we made the best of it. And and I just started auditioning, uh, which I always loved. That's one of my favorite things to do. Some people hate it. I love it. I love saying, oh, I get to show you something cool and you may not want to buy yeah. it and that's cool, but I get to show you something cool, <laughs> you know? So I always loved auditioning. Oh, that's the perfect attitude. That's how too. I felt. I was like, you know, somebody else is awesome. They're awesome too. Like, it's just, this is my flavor. Mine's mint chip and you don't want mint chip for everything. Cause that'd be weird, but it's going to stick sometime. I'm going to, oh. someone's going to need mint chip <laughs> in their lives, you know? Girl. So that's how I looked at it. <laughs> I love it. I I can't. I mean, that is so mature and such a great attitude. And I think it's some people it takes decades for them to get to that with their acting career. And you went on to do I mean, you went to Tish, right, which is also immensely competitive. Yeah, I was very renowned. That's in New York. My grades were so bad at NYU. Yeah, I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to go to college. (laughs) I was for other people. I was the first one in my family. So I was like, that's not for me. I'm a humble working class you know i had all these labels right we all do we put narratives on ourselves, and mine was oh i'm poor i'm stupid i'm short i'm not going to be able to sing well enough for broadway these are my Mm. (sighs) what am i gonna i got nothing like i don't have money i don't have savings i don't have family with money there was no wealth you know and i just thought well i guess i get you go get married is what people did and i wasn't interested in that Mm. or you go um (laughs) as a waitress or whatever i just was like not for me and i i just thought well i guess i should go to college you know but how because i have such bad grades (laughs) and so i i said to my mom made me promise i would go to college so i said all right and I went through all these colleges I thought would look great. And then I looked that you had to pay each of them to apply. And I was like, that's not oh, fair. Okay. I can't pay $50 yeah. for all the... Right. And so I started feeling that shame of not having wealth, not having resources, not wanting to burden my single mom. Hey, mm. I want to apply to 20 colleges. Oh, that'll be quite a lot of money. So I picked one. <laughs> and I said to myself, if I don't get into this one, I'm not supposed to go. Wow. Oh my gosh. I did never told her that I didn't want to apply because they were expensive. I just pretended that was the school I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I picked NYU and I applied early. <laughs> and we went out there and they said, You're wonderful, but your grades are not good enough. And I was like, What do I do? And they said, Get them up in three months. And I did. 
Oh, all my cricket. teachers helped. This is the best. They one tutored ever. me, and I learned what a thesis was. I was like, "What?" I didn't know. I was totally skated through the system, or fell through the system, really. Mm, and yeah. um, when you're charming and funny, people are like, "Oh, they'll be fine." You know, we're not. We're not fine. <laughs> Yeah. sometimes so it worked out yeah yeah you know you had that work ethic when it came to the things that you were passionate about and right. it can be very hard to apply that same work ethic to something because you sort of get it into your mindset like I'm good at this and I love this therefore I'll work at it if I don't like something or I'm not great at it then I I won't do it 100 whereas you want to find that balance right that's what the whole show Avatar is about is like where's your oh, balance so how are you good. finding that balance right that's so good. I love that you put it like that. It's so true. Okay. So let's fast forward to when you found out that you got May. Um, yes. Many people who, you know, I've, we've talked to the people who were there at the very beginning, like um, like Dante, obviously. And, and so yeah. I have a real sense of what his experience was coming into the show, having no idea what it was and thinking it could never survive on a kid's network. Did you know more than that? Like it had been around for a year, but it had it reached you because it really only continued to grow and still I can imagine being a little under the radar, like after book one. I was totally where Dante was. I was doing my thing in LA, driving around everywhere to try to book a job. But animation was my favorite because I got to really be goofy and weird. I could do accents and sing. And I was like, this is my jam. Like, this is the kind of stuff I want to do. And a lot of actresses, funny enough, didn't want to do it, which I thought was really weird. I was like, are they crazy? Yeah. This is the fun. <laughs> but a lot were like, yeah. oh, I don't want to do an accent, right? <laughs> so I didn't know yeah. I was brought in I, at all. I just thought there's animals. Like, I was very confused about the animals that fly and their people mm -hmm. and who and there's a child, but how is he the lead? Like, I remember being really confused, <laughs> certainly charmed by the writers and by our director. I mean, just the most charming people ever. Yeah. And I remember the first day I went in to record, it was just the girls, I think. So it was Azula, Ty Lee, and me. And I was really intimidated. I'm like, those are real actors. Like, those are totally real actresses. Like, Right, professional people. And I sound like a violin and they sound perfect. All this stuff that people think I thought. And I was intimidated. Yeah, so many and stories I, in our heads. Yeah, I just finally said, well, they're going to hire me for this. I guess I just do the thing I did in the audition, you know, and then there it was. And they were awesome women and not intimidating and kind and loving. But you don't know that right when you go in. And of course, we've been saying this whole time, the fact that you sort of had to drop into the deepest, most raspy voice, the one that you were like, I got to get rid of this thing. Yes. I mean, everybody loves hearing that story, the right? The thing I wanted to get rid of. I had to tap into the thing that I wanted to get rid of was like what yes. set my voice apart and what created this yes. character that, no, she doesn't sound exactly like Jeannie Garofalo. And, mm -hmm. we, you know, we know from Mike and Brian and so many conversations with them that they're like, actually, we just kind of know it when we hear it. And I'm sure mm. that's what happened with you. It's like whatever attitude they were trying to convey or casting was trying to convey when they made that comparison it's like, no, we don't want a sound alike. We just, that's yeah, the vibe. Right. That's the attitude. You came in, you it's brought something so special and unique, and you 
to that, that you became this hugely iconic character. And I I would love to hear if you have, uh, well, first of all, you mentioned all these crazy hybrid animals. I don't know if your memory is super sharp with all these various creatures because there are so, so many. But is there one that, you you know, like, you know, Appa, for example, is part manatee, part bison and you can fly. Momo. Yeah, Momo's the, the one that's a lemur. Yeah. See, you so know cute. it. You're so smart. In fact, smart. I'm wearing, I guess I'm wearing them. Mo- I know that's this. what I love. I love them. I'm so smart. This is my job now. That's, that's why. I know, but it's wonderful. And I'm happy you have this <laughs> job because you're bringing such joy, you know, to people. It's oh, wonderful. You. You're, we're lucky that you find it, joy in doing yeah, it because it's great. It's fun when you and get to attach yourself to the coattails of a show that you're a fan of. You know what I mean? And then I get to talk and to your like show. You, so don't even. Um, hello. That was a fun one. You're too. pretty famous, lady, and it's it's pretty cool, Me. right? Me. Yeah, you are. What would Me. Momo say if he met you? <laughs> oh, Momo. I know. I mean, I guess I've been around Momo enough in that we both know Dee Bradley Baker. But yeah. um, how about, are there episodes? Is there like a relationship within the show? Not necessarily shipping, but like even just, you know, what do you make of Azula and May's friendship or the trio of girls and their friendship? You know, here we have this wildly skilled firebender who chooses to pick two girls she went to school with who don't bend, but who are extraordinarily talented and skilled in their own right. Like, it's a fascinating triangle of that trio of people, right? Yes. My favorite relationship is between me and Ty Lee. I just love her. The character, I mean, I love Olivia. But I feel like I just really get that. I was the kind of rough and tumble kid from not so great, maybe background with these friends who were the cheerleader right and like what that's like Mm. um and how we benefit each other that my energy brings something to her and she brings something to me and that i would ride or die for her like i think may was like annoyed by her but also ride or die in that friendship way and then when she talks about her sisters and being the same it's like man i just feel bad i really a lot of empathy for ty lee and i think even though she's cute and sweet, I think that's so just the top of the iceberg. Yes. Some of the best and most wonderful fluid cosplay I've seen has been May. You know, it's a great yeah. character that you, I see show up in all different types of people. And it's just like, mwah, chef's kiss. There's so much great cosplay Agreed. going on there. I love, love, love it. It's I love what you said. And even the kiss, it's delicious. It's delicious to see these people identifying with whatever they love about her and then showing us. And also, you know, she embodies that part of us that as we're talking about these kind of tempests, these storms that are in our head when we're in these situations, you look at a character like May and I, I certainly do. I'm like, oh, I wish I could seem that unperturbed by everything at all times. Like imagine being so controlled. I know, you know, obviously her background, like that's something that she felt she had to do because of her family situation, all of that. But just to be mm. able to like hurl a bunch of knives and still act like you could be doing something better and more exciting blase. is just yeah. so, yeah, so blasé, so ultra cool <laughs> about everything, you know? It's so very true. Like, it was very Honey Badger. That's all I kept thinking was that kind of thing. Like, oh, I don't care. Oh, my boyfriend's, nah, whatever. Like, whatevs. Even though, of course, you know, under it, you're like writing in your journal, like, 
He's mean. He doesn't love me. He gave me something ugly, yellow or orange or, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, I think she's typical in that way. And I loved how her family was, of course, the point of how she was reared and how she came out and why she was that way and how she says, you know, I didn't ask for your whole life story. It's like, she doesn't. She doesn't really need a lot of that. She she just needs the basics. Um, like, the, yeah. I think that was in The Beach, which is my favorite episode. Um, I mean, it's Because so they good. all get, they all start start to really go inward. And I, of course, as a therapist, I love that. But as an actor, right? Because that's the fun of taking scripts, figuring it out, and never judging the person you're playing. And yeah. as a person in the world, that's an amazing way to be with people that we get to meet especially at cons like i love comic cons i'm doing so many this summer i'm so excited because Yay! i get to see these okay, we'll have people to i know i never did it i really yes. get to see each other yeah it's my first time i was like great. i'm just gonna do this like i want to oh, see I thought you had people. done a couple before very rare one maybe two or okay. three okay ever okay. and so i'm like really going for it this year oh it's gonna be so great especially because i'm a bit of a hermit and i know that my experience mm. of being at cons i felt even more elated and more open and i wanted that exchange and you know i felt so like sort of nourished by it and so you yes. being the person you are and you being so compassionate and being you know having gotten a degree being a licensed therapist which <laughs> I love because I can totally identify with that and Thank I feel like you. I easily could have gone down that road too and because you, you have that, can, you know, that Janet <laughs> and I still can and I still can but yeah that that sent that curiosity and compassion and empathy that you have for other people that served you as an artist continues to serve you as an artist, but also serves you as an ear, a person who can listen and who kind of understands all of these different perspectives about where people are coming from and what they go through. And I'm Absolutely. sure it's got to be so hard at times, but also it's I, I would hope that it would also strengthen you in the sense that you're sort of getting this big picture sense of what it means to be a human, at least in, you know, in our culture, in your world around. Absolutely. You, right? And these are sometimes seen as subcultures, which is sad. They're not. They are a culture. They are part of our larger culture. And I think it's a disservice if people don't recognize them as mainstream, because we are now. I mean, geez, anime and and media is so mainstream. Um, I, I love it now that they're not being seen as weird because um, it's not weird. You know, it's it's just it's a place yeah. for people to come and safely say, I love this. I'm going to celebrate it. I might dress like you. I might talk like you. I might dress like three people. I might not. I love it. I am all for it. It's about freedom and expression and art. So I'm blessed to be able to go. Ugh. You talked about your favorite episode, The Beach. I couldn't agree more. It, I mean, it, it might be the best. I mean, it, every, listen, at the end of the series, you'll have to come back and we'll do a big old panel of friends and, oh. and you know, j the folks that were on the show. And we can do like an yeah. award show because we need so many different categories. That's we need a like, great idea. you know, best backstory episode, best like heart, best you know, music. episode, best <laughs> animal episode. Best music ep because there are so many bests. I love it. But boy, oh boy, that episode has got to be one of the top, just in general, best episodes it of the really entire is. series. It is so special and people love it. And Azula's arc, I yes. mean, her arc there talking about, you really get to see, it's, it's just 
the more information you get about any show or anything you love, the more empathy creeps in because you're like, oh, yeah. well, you get some understanding. You're like, oh, I kind of hated that guy, but oh, now I can't hate him because he's like, really not, you know, <laughs> but then there's information that can come in you and you change your mind. And I love art that can do that or stories that can do that. Couldn't agree more. One of my least favorite feelings is feeling a, a sense of dislike for someone. Yes. I am always ready to have my mind changed in that way. You'd be such and, a and good the same therapist. With art too. It's like, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Look, I went back to school at 40. If I did it, so can you. You are a massive inspiration in so many ways. Just from this brief conversation, I'm like, Aww. I need more Cricket Lee in my life. Oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> any other ships that you embrace from the Avatarverse uh, for Gosh. one reason or another? No, I always think of it because people are all Instagramming me generally about or TikTok um, about whether I still ship Zuko. And I'm like, for it. Ever. Like, I will never go back like he is. And I even sang, like, on TikTok, I sang this, uh, I sang um, this Cindy Lauper song and made it out to him. Like, people were like, this is hilarious. Like, it's just funny, but I, I think part of my, who I'm going to maintain is that I will always love him, even though I understand I'm one of his lady friends. <laughs> Fine. But I still, I think that's the fun is that I'll always ship him but i i think probably i mean if i thought about it right on the spot though i just think about i think about mako forever yeah i love it that's a great answer what kind and i'm sure you get asked this all the time on the the tiktoks and the instagrams and the other places what kind of vendor would you cricket be Mm -hmm. Do people ask you what kind of bender May would be if she could mm -hmm. be? Because, you know, people just associate her with a Fire Nation. But is she a Fire And she may be. But I'm just wondering. That's a if, really good you know, question, actually. So I always think she'd be a firebender because of the lightning aspect and, like, I think redirecting light. But... I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm too close to it. And I bet fans would have an even better answer about no. Let's have them tweet us. Let's have them tell us. Right. Because I yeah. feel like I'm sort of close to it. So I don't have a lot of perspective on that. I think because they might be like course. she'd be a metal bender because yeah. she hasn't, you know, she throws knives. She has like like exactly. so. Let us know just at us at us when you listen to this episode, friends, and just tell Cricket and me yeah. what do you think? Think outside the box. If that means that she's a firebender for all the reasons, that's right. awesome. But I bet some of you have uh, other ideas, and I would love to hear. I think and so. now I must ask, what kind of bender would you Cricket be? I think. I am, uh, I'm pretty feisty, but I'm not a fighter. So I feel like I'd be a mind bender. Whoa! Since I'm a therapist. Yes! I think I'd be able to heal people. Maybe I just oh. know what they're thinking and they don't even have to talk. So that's what I think I'd I be. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It almost feels like... People like Iroh and people like Aunt Wu and people like, you know, the swamp bender that we meet in the swamp mm -hmm. who says time is an illusion and so is death, which is very fresh in my mind because we just covered that episode. Um, I love the idea that you could have a, a connection to other people and to the spirit realm mm -hmm. and have a sense of all of that stuff and not having it be 
an element per se that you're exactly. bending is spectacular. An internal I love element. What you said, I instead love instead of you know something external. Yeah, I mean it would be fun, right? In the oh, world, if it. we could do anything we want and fly and breathe fire, and you know, there's a lot of stuff I think would be fun. I think bending metal sounds so fun because I could get out a lot of aggression and like agitation and uh-huh. anxiety <laughs> my anxiety instead of you know biting my nails I could you know uh-huh. bend and I think that does sound fun but I think if I could be anything I want I would want to help people I love that so much everyone's <laughs> gonna love that so much well I have enjoyed this conversation so 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 much me too i am so glad you came on if there's stuff that you wish i would have asked let us know again at us we'll continue the conversation that's why we need you guys because you know you have such great thoughts and questions and appreciation for characters in the avatar verse i love may i would love to cosplay may um <gasps> that I would be fun we could i love swap. her hair style so oh, much we could swap character cause also, I say all of that, but those characters, I feel they, they do belong to the fans and they do belong to the, the people yeah. who, you know, so many people from so many different cultures who feel connected to Avatar. And we're so glad that it wasn't specifically just like a, a sort of white Western culture yeah. show that it had all of these influences from so many places. You know, we happen to do the voice, but when you get to do those cons, you see all of these people from mm. all different backgrounds, all shapes, sizes and colors and genders, and they are embracing May. It's like, oh, they're May. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're May, they're May. You're like, right. We're all, we all get to be May. It's- yeah, I love that. It's great. I can't love wait. That. I'm so excited for fans are going to be like losing their minds to get to talk to you and you know, I will feel be seen too. by you because you are so present. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Thank where can you. people find you in the meantime? They can track, I'm sure, what cons you're going to go to. Tell them where they should go to keep track of all of this so they can hopefully meet you in person, if not get a chance to have an exchange with you on social media. You know, that is a really good question. So I, I do have TikTok and I think it's just Cricket Lee. I stopped using my married last name just because people will get confused. So Cricket Lee, yeah. and then the cons I'm going to be at are Knoxville, Tennessee, and that's going to be August 5th through 7th. Um, and then there might be some okay. stuff that pops up in the meantime. Uh, and then yeah. I'm going to be in Memphis, my band. I'm in a band and we won the regional blues oh challenge. So we're going to be in Memphis. So people no are there idea. that weekend. Yeah. Oh. So we're going to be singing some blues. Maze That's Blues. Awesome. I should write a song, Maze Blues. That would be really funny. Yeah, you um, should. Victory is boring. Um, so well, I'm just <laughs> traveling around. So people can find Love me on it. Instagram at Cricket World, W I R L D, TikTok. And just, I can't wait to see you guys. Thank you, Janet. You're a peach oh, for a doing joy. this and giving us what a space a to talk everything Avatar. I love it. It's my honor. Everybody, I know what you're thinking. Why wasn't Zuko here? He's so pumped out right now. He's going to have to listen to this episode like everybody else. He's a and movie that's star. Okay. I love it. Yeah. He's a movie star. That's what's happening. He's a movie star. It's and great. we do not uh, begrudge him that at all. We miss him. No. We love him. We'll get him back. And uh, this won't be the last time we have you on the podcast. So this is happening. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next week on Braving the Elements. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Avatar Braving the Elements. And hey, make sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a review. All of that really helps the podcast so much. And we love you guys. Next week, we are back to recapping book two with Ethan Spaulding as we dissect the blind bandit. Can't wait. You can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter. We'll see you next Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.